0: This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kyle Lichty. Hey
1: everyone, I'm here with my brother Aaron Lichty. How's he going?
2: It's going good. How yeah, are
1: you? I'm doing All right. We're here in Fort Wayne where actually we grew up in, mm-hmm. in the very house that we uh, lived in. Yeah. I mean, we've known each other for a long time, a long time, a whole life. Yeah. So yeah, we've known each other a long time. We know how to tick each other off. We know how to each of the other person, how we best function in different mm-hmm. ways. And it's now your turn to do the podcast. All right. <laughs> so like I said, you're, like myself Fort Wayne Indiana what was that like growing up here
2: I guess looking back like at least a lot of my friends and people my age they always trying to get out of Fort Wayne but I guess I'm kind of the opposite I've been in Fort Wayne my whole life I think it's a great place to live grow a family yeah like I'm doing now and I really enjoyed it here except the weather
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's starting
1: yeah Yeah. well it's crazy we had well you had snow just this last week yeah and it's october (laughs) yeah now it's 70 degrees right yeah just crazy to think that's typical indiana midwest weather you just never know so one of the you know things that's interesting with having this conversation there's a lot that i know because we are really close in in terms as siblings but uh I'm curious can you recall what your first musical memory is
2: it's probably from church like kids choir type stuff dad being in the band at church or the orchestra at church that's really the first thing i can remember when I was doing the outline for this, it kind of confirmed how bad my memory is. I could of like <laughs> think about things uh, that happened that long ago, but yeah, definitely proud of church, like the plays, the musicals that we did at CT and being a part of that and just always doing the kids choir and the kids group stuff.
1: Yeah. It's crazy how much music was a part of that church. Yeah. I mean, there were just so many things. Like you said, there were musicals, there was kids choir, the orchestra involvement. Mm -hmm. There was a lot.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Multiple days of the week. Yeah. Besides just Sunday.
1: Yeah. I'm sure you did at times too, but I remember dad would have to get to practice at 8am on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so go with him and then go back to the Sunday service rehearsal for that service at five it was a long day yeah just looking back like wow a lot of time <laughs> and then he would have rehearsals on tuesday night and then wednesday, wednesday, wednesday church, church. it's crazy mm-hmm. how much of our our time was involved with that and it involved music primarily a lot of it so when it comes to like the early childhood ccm christian radio is primarily what was part of what you were listening to talk about what that was like why that was the case it's just <laughs>
2: it's just what was on in the car way to church way to school that's just what mom would have on the radio
1: do you remember if there was anything that stood out to you that you enjoyed or was it just because that was what was on
2: it's just because of what was on i mean in the, at the time i probably didn't mind it i mean that's all i knew I, probably knew the songs and sang along to them yeah but yeah just thinking back now there's it's just what was on and we didn't really have a choice i guess
1: and we had like you know so it would be christian radio with mom and then espn yeah when dad yeah. drove it was yeah. funny yeah. but some sometimes he we'd have christian radio on or, or vice versa with the espn yeah
2: we'd listen to was it mike and mike in the morning (laughs) on the way to school with
1: mom (laughs) i remember that and now they hit each other yeah it's crazy i think about i remember too like your you had at that time too you had multiple times in kids choir where you were heavily involved with solos or at least like a contributing part i mean Mm -hmm. i'm just curious what looking back like what that was like to to do that because you're you don't you don't sing no now (laughs) no don't sing
2: don't talk a whole lot (laughs) if i don't have to so yeah it was kind of interesting i don't know i just guess i had the ability to at the time it's definitely long gone now but just it was fun i like got to hang out with all my friends i had basically two sets of friends from school school friends and then church friends that i got to hang out with all the time and so we would just all be a part of that and that was probably a big part of the reason why i enjoyed it so much
1: i can't remember you didn't have any roles in musicals did you
2: nothing like substantial i guess i did like the part where they had the um little lightning bolt strike the temple and then it revealed the ark whatever i was up there and had like i said like two or three lines but (laughs) that was about it i don't remember that yeah yeah i had to pass the mic off to somebody afterwards yeah okay i was like the altar boy or something (laughs) that was the role
1: (laughs) some weird stuff looking back i'm sure oh yeah just curious like if there's anything like you know from because like you said you had your church friends and then your school friends was there like when you were with those two different sets of friends i'm sure there was music that was being played that wasn't typical with what we had i don't know is that something that ever took place what i can remember i
2: don't even remember what Kind of music I would listen to with, like, school friends Mm -hmm. at that time, I guess.
1: Let's move on to elementary or uh, middle school. Reliant K comes around Mm -hmm. for you. And how did that come about? And what was it about Reliant K that kind of changed the typical listening habits that you had?
2: Yeah, so, for like, the time period used to be, like, fourth to sixth grade kind of grade school time. I just remember going to like the christian bookstore we just go back to the music session and I haven't seen reliant k there and you could like put the headphones on and listen to stuff mm-hmm. and just kind of like the like rock kind of upbeat tempo and stuff was sounded good to me and then yeah that's just kind of where it came from like it was good at enough, i guess and parents eyes yeah that they didn't really care what they were saying i guess but it was like different enough from the typical christian songs and christian music of the time that i guess that's what kind of attracted me to it
1: Mm -hmm. would you say that the the humor was appealing to those songs
2: yeah like sadie hawkins dance and Hive 75 kind of the funny lyrics and stuff they were saying yeah it was definitely catchy yeah being that age
1: <laughs> i just remember that was like your first kind of exploration that you found in terms of music and something that you always wanted to play mm. uh so
2: cds for birthdays and christmas yeah. yeah yeah two less don't always make a right but three do it's a classic <laughs> yeah <laughs> When that, the um, album art was uh interesting to me that album specifically i think they had two or three different versions yeah and colors and right so it was kind of cool to i guess get them all if i was able to
1: <laughs> which was kind of new for that time i feel like i don't i mean now you're gonna see five different versions of this particular album that you, you know you can get on vinyl or whatever but for that time it was kinda unique that you could get multiple different color versions of the same album. Yeah. So interesting. One thing that you know, I, I'm I'm kind of maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like you were starting to listen to Switchfoot during that time too.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Switchfoot was a part of that too. I remember we I think we had their VHS of one of their albums and there was a i forget the song maybe you can recall from the music video
1: i think it was new way to be human
2: is that the one where they're like running through the hotel yeah and at the end the guy has the mask on yeah (laughs) yeah i was i kept stopping it and going back and trying to write down all the lyrics to it and then i remember mom said like that I was going to break the VHS from starting and stopping it so much and just get on the internet and look at the lyrics. And I was like, Oh, you can do that. <laughs> 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 so, the internet was so new using it that way, I guess. But yeah, Switchfoot was another one of them.
1: Yeah. Well, not only was the internet so new, but you still dial up. So like, yeah, if small. we, yeah. if you would have gotten onto it, it would have been super slow. And if there was a phone call, yeah. it wouldn't have come through. Right. Just, crazy crazy. to think about that like that was how did we do anything computers are so much easier now than what they were i can't tell you how frustrated like as a kid i would be with
2: yeah dial up to to some site and it just go like row by row
1: yeah
2: like what is going on
1: i just want an update on a (laughs) baseball game (laughs) so i'm curious like looking back now like do you still listen to Reliant K or Switchfoot or any of the o- those other like not typical CCM bands?
2: Day to day, no. I don't. Like it's, I looked up some Reliant K songs doing some research for this. And um, I knew all the words. to like
1: <laughs> all the,
2: the songs that I remember I enjoyed, I, I mean, I still know them. Yeah. 20 years later. Yeah.
1: That's crazy.
2: Yeah. I known better than songs from five years ago, yeah, so it definitely had a played a major role in my life at that time.
1: was there something going on that made you like as a nine year old that you were just like
2: watch songs? yeah I don't not that I remember maybe I don't remember when the church split stuff was happening mm-hmm. if that was around the same time, might have been a little later.
1: I feel like it would have been a little around that time but it could have been before during and after frankly
2: yeah, yeah. It, it went on for a while
1: yeah interesting so then you really start to branch out in high school with hip-hop and and rap and so some of the the artists are like drake kanye kid cuddy yeah and as well and so I'm curious because by this point I'm out of the house I'm Mm -hmm. I'm in Detroit and so how did that come about like where was that influence coming from and then what was so appealing to you to listen to rap during high school
2: yeah trying to like think about where that came from I mean it, it had to be friends from high school and you know starting to drive and being able to listen to what we wanted to or whatever I wanted to, I guess the part that intrigued me the most was like the beats and the bass and more of how the songs sound than the actual content of what they're saying. I remember uh, <laughs> the old iTunes library, Mom saw it one time. And uh, <laughs> for those of you that remember, if you had a, like a song that had some bad language it would say explicit next to it yeah she she asked me like why i had so many songs that said explicit and i was like they're not those songs aren't that bad like they're really not that bad and then so she like played one and like the first three lines, <laughs> it was just like f this and that and i was like oh dang i didn't even realize like so i like i mean i knew i knew the words when the song come on but I never, like, held on to what they were actually saying. I just, my first car had subs in it, so I just try to blast the bass as loud as I could. Yeah, and yeah. The rhythm, and I really enjoyed, like, the production behind the songs, I guess. Yeah.
1: So what happened with uh after she oh, played the song?
2: <laughs> well, she was right. So um guess in my... <laughs> teenage ways i so she wanted me to get rid of all those songs so you can just i deleted them but then you can just download versions that don't say explicit of the same song so (laughs) just found a way around it right sorry mom
1: (laughs) oh man so you'd say it's more of the beats Mm -hmm. that were like appealing to you than anything else yeah for sure why those artists like i mean there's so many hip-hop artists around that time and still are right like there's constantly new artists within hip-hop what was it about those three specifically that were appealing to you
2: well for kid cuddy um during high school he just kind of came out with day and night and that was like his first big hit i don't know there's just something about the (laughs) the song and, and like i kind of like connected with it and so when when he came out with man on the moon 2 the album i remember being with my friends in the, the basement playing black ops call of duty black ops just blasting his album when it came out so it's just like having all your friends around you all kind of connect on this album together playing a video game that we all liked, mm-hmm. just like just like a real big connection with it i guess and i still remember that moment to this day i never forget it <laughs> yeah well then the other ones are just i don't know you just hear a song and from one of them and you just really enjoy it. So then you find the other stuff that they make and just go from there i guess yeah
1: college comes around and there is a particular group that comes into focus for you that you really start to gravitate towards and, and we'll elaborate on that as we go along who's the band and how did you come about to to listening to them
2: anyway. yeah the band is 30 seconds to Mars, and the first song was closer to the edge so i was a freshman in college i was just on itunes just looking around at music and they used to have the like top 10 list for whatever songs were out now yeah ranked them whatever and the one I found was Closer to the Edge, and I'd never heard of the band, 30 Seconds to Mars. So I just played it, and you know, it's just like a rock song, kind of upbeat, and I liked it. So just added it to my playlist, and then kind of a recurring theme. You just look at the other music that they've done. That album in particular is kind of different than the stuff they've done before. The stuff before is kind of a little more... I don't know, the best term for it. It's a little more hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is more anthemic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The This
1: is War is more anthemic.
2: Yeah. So that's how I found the 30 Seconds to Mars. And then they kind of just became like, there was other songs and groups I liked at the time, but they uh, definitely became my favorite group for sure.
1: Yeah. What is it about 30 Seconds to Mars that was so appealing in that moment because again you're you're primarily listening to hip-hop and and rap and then you're kind of going back to a a, more of a rock Mm. type of a band
2: i think the reliant k connection definitely comes through there so without reliant k there's probably no 30 seconds to mars in my life because i wouldn't have had like the background and the kind of rock music, I guess. Yeah, so I think that's where the the connection comes from.
1: So we've actually seen 30 Seconds to Mars uh, live twice over the, the years. I know my personal opinions are on it, but I'm curious what you thought of those shows, seeing them live. Well,
2: you remember the first one, you lost the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the paper tickets because nothing was on your phone back then. Yeah. Um, well, l- luckily it was. Up.
1: Yeah. It was on my phone, but initially, mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember how freezing cold it was, too?
2: Yeah. It was waiting in line.
1: Yeah. Luckily they allowed us to come inside yeah. for a little bit before they officially opened the doors, but. Yeah, I remember that. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up.
2: <laughs> I had to. Yeah, Though, so the first time, was that in... India, India, yeah. Egyptian room. Yep. That was really cool because it was... Um, most of the concerts I've been to have been outdoors, like amphitheater type setting. That one was inside, in a little venue, it was more intimate. That was amazing <laughs> seeing them live for the first time in person with you
1: there mm-hmm. that was really cool and we were fairly close yeah too yeah which was awesome
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and then we saw him a second time in detroit on the grass so and, yeah. and they weren't the the headline, headline show but it was still a lot of fun to do that with you and kendall so
2: it was the um uh, lincoln part mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was like excited for that To see them too. But like coming off the high of seeing 30 Seconds Smart, I didn't care as much to see Lincoln, even though it was so cool. Yeah. It just wasn't the same. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I feel like the indie show was probably the better of the two just because they were the main band, longer set, Mm -hmm. uh, just the proximity to the stage too. Like, what was it like to experience that?
2: it was It was really cool. that type of venue' is just it's just so much more personal when you're that close and that small group amount of people that are all there to see that specific group it was yeah it was pretty amazing to be there
1: at one point. so Jared, you know had everybody get up on somebody's shoulder. And I had you get up on my shoulder and I about fainted because I was jumping with you on my shoulders. And and I realized I wasn't 18 anymore, (laughs) but that was, that was a cool moment.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm sure you got to enjoy that moment too.
2: We were right there. Yeah. (laughs) Right in front of it's
1: Crazy. I I just remember just an incredible show. And I guess an, like another question to you is, what is it about those concerts with Thirty Seconds to Mars? What what makes them so good live? Because I feel like it's not just you and I's opinion of of it. When I see other people who go to those shows they are just all in and there's some, there's just something about it. That's unique compared to other shows. Yeah.
2: They have their little echelon. That's what
1: fan fan group group
2: is called. And it's, it's definitely more than just like you like somebody or you like a group. It's like, yeah, it's just more than that.
1: It's It's, an obsession in some ways.
2: Yeah, definitely. A a lot of their songs, they kind of have like the chaining aspect to them where, you're like saying, like doing like O's back and forth with yeah. Jared. They get the crowd involvement in their songs. Yeah. Might be like part of the recipe when they make songs. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot of like chanting and you feel like you're part of it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of callbacks in, yeah. in terms of the, the singing. And so there's definitely the, like you said, the ability for the crowd to connect with. The artist in the song mm-hmm. so we started both liking them post this is war and currently it's kind of a unique band at the moment because they've had tomo step away mm-hmm. step aside and so it's just the two brothers and you haven't even listened to the last album
2: Mm-mm.
1: to me it's it's not that good of an album compared to the the three prior ones what happened (laughs) do you know
2: yeah so it's like kind of just once you get to a certain point where you like found all the stuff that you like and want to listen to and you just kind of don't have like room for anything new I guess anything new that starts coming out just doesn't appeal to you and I guess that that kind of happened to me and once I kind of had all the stuff I liked and maybe that's what i want to listen to i just stopped listening to anything new but with regards to 30 seconds mars i don't really i don't know why i didn't like keep up with the the new stuff coming out i guess some of the not their latest album but the ones before that they're getting like super poppy and kind of like kind of techno-ish i guess i don't know
1: yeah there's definitely some electronic yeah elements to it
2: yeah And it just wasn't, like, what initially drew me in, I guess. So I just kind of stopped paying attention to what they were doing.
1: Yeah. Well, and and I'm sure you were – there's other interests at that time, which we'll get into. Yeah. You know, in terms of music and and just life. Yeah, life. So, I don't – it's interesting. I think part of it, too, is Jared really got into going back to the acting – Of sorts.
2: Like, took away from music. Yeah.
1: And so I I wonder if that's part of it too. Is that's been more of his focus of late. And he's,
2: they're old. He's old. Yeah. Yeah. He's
1: like 50 something. Yeah. Which, like, like, yeah, he looks like he's late 30s. 30s. And I guess kept himself in in good shape. But it just, I'm sure physically though, it's still like doing those shows has got to be stuff or just even like the trying to make new music that whole band is kind of just a weird dynamic to it Mm -hmm. so one of the other things that's uh, happening during college is you are still gravitating towards hip-hop and rap and so during that time guys like childish gambino who's somebody who you're really listening to kendrick lamar j cole Mm -hmm. How did those come about?
2: I don't know. Gambino, he's just like a lot of clever lyrics and, again, the beats and all that kind of stuff drew me in. The rest of it is just Kendrick, popular. J. Cole was popular at the time. Yeah. So you just hear it on the radio or from friends or whatever, and then just I liked it. So I started following them more at that time.
1: With childish, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Was it like three thousand five? That
2: no, before that. Before, yeah. The, like
1: camp, album camp. Okay. Was
2: like the first introduction to that to him, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, his like um, his play on words and stuff. It's just it's very interesting to me how he like can think of that stuff and still make it sound good. And, mm-hmm. So that's yeah.
1: I feel like for you, unlike maybe a majority of music listeners, you've listened to him less as of late with the last you know couple projects, I guess. Like mm-hmm. they're not necessarily albums, but people weren't as familiar with him when you were familiar. Would that be fair?
2: Yeah, I think so. So like with Camp, and then uh, because of the internet, that was the, like the big album that I was into him i went to one of his concerts in detroit what was that the, like the film yeah it was awesome me and my friend went. jake there's me and him it was like basically the same as 30 seconds of mars in the Egyptian room yeah type it's of a thing. great venue yeah it was really cool and the whole his that whole album is like there's i mean i like multiple songs in the album but there's not one that like stands out they're all like go together and he had this whole like digital internet type of aspect to the album so it wasn't, right it yeah. wasn't just video and or it wasn't just like the, his music there was like video aspects to it as well right that was really cool
1: and i so in some ways i feel like kendrick lamar is kind of similar too in that you were listening to like mad city before he got big with like all right or mm-hmm. the damn album yeah even yeah and then
2: does the latest stuff just kind of well falls
1: off. I like Mr. Morale and, and the Big Steppers, there's a lot of songs on there and I just I don't know. I'm not I don't connect with it yeah. like I did with Damn or To Pimp a Butterfly yeah. album. Those two really digged. But yeah, and I don't know. There's just something with the Mr. Morale and, and the Big Steppers where there's some good tracks on there, but it's not at like what the level that you expect from from yeah. Kendrick. Yeah. And I don't know if that's cuz of it was made during COVID or or what, but what kind of uh shows were you going to during college?
2: So like during um like the college years, that's when I went to most of the concerts that I've been to for like specific groups that I wanted to see, I guess. And my favorite one was the same place we saw Seconds Mars outdoor Clarkson okay. yeah Michigan mm-hmm. we saw Kid Cudi there was Logic Tyler the Creator and Kid Cudi and wow yeah and this that was like Logic before and Tyler like anybody too. knew about him yeah and it was so we had lawn seeds, and Tyler was up and he like stopped his set midway through and he's like through this segregation of like the lawn seats and oh, yeah. the people that paid to sit up front like screw that screw the security he said different words but yeah i want everybody to come up here <laughs> so me i was there with a group of friends we all just run down to like the seated area and he finished out his set and we were down there and then when he was leaving he's like all right they're telling me i gotta tell you to go back to your seats now i'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> Well, I look at my friend Jake that I went to see Gambino with. Yeah. I look at him and I'm like, we're not going. So we we sat down in some seats and we just hoped that nobody came. And luckily we, we they were got empty. to stay down there to see Cuddy. Oh, man. It was it was awesome. And then the Cuddy set was just, that was like, uh, I was probably 21. So it was like, I don't know four years of listening to him and a couple albums and there was a particular three songs that he did in a row it was like day and night remix pursuit of happiness remix then i always forget the third one i'd have to think about it but it was all three songs in a row that were like upbeat and like those three songs that was like the ultimate thing i've ever seen it for a concert wise yeah like that was the peak i was just jumping jumping around screaming the whole time it was so fun
1: and the audience if because some of you might not know aaron this is this is a rare sighting you know, <laughs> for yeah. this to, to happen
2: but well, that's, that's the thing about music like at least for me if if the, the song's right and like i'm feeling it i'll, I'll yeah. go crazy and then as soon as that song changes and i'm not feeling it i'll just
1: go sit down i remember when because that reminds me when it was my when you and kendall visited for my birthday and surprised me and then we ended up at my friend mary's and i remember somebody put on (laughs) jay-z and kanye's uh the paris song i'll say yeah and i remember like the, within the first three seconds of the song happening, you stood up That's on so the couch, you stood up on the couch and, and went nuts. Yes. <laughs> you were like, let's go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's so, I like the right song. It's just,
1: yeah. I, <laughs> I was just, I was like, did not expect that from you. <laughs> and, and yet that was hilarious to see. Yeah. So you had a, you know, a job during college and even post-college where you're listening to a lot of music every day Jimmy John's is where you were at Mm -hmm. yeah. And there was one particular band that really you're listening to that you really enjoyed. And I'm sure there's a ton of other music that you were not aware of prior, but then really enjoyed during those years Mm -hmm. when you were working there. Um, Talk about that experience.
2: Yeah. So Jimmy John's basically is play music non-stop <laughs> it's
1: so loud
2: and it's on purpose
1: yeah i bet
2: they don't want you to stick around yeah that's why it's cold and they blast music they want you in and out
1: and that's why it's so quick
2: yeah yeah oh yeah but so you work in there i worked there for three years so every time i worked almost every day of the week is just subconsciously listening to music and you just pick up, they play everything there. So yeah. 70s, 80s, classic rock, Beatles, new hits, everything in between, like, early 2000s, alternative stuff. Yeah, I heard it all for three years straight. So, you just kind of, like, pick up on songs that, like, I knew about Queen in particular. I knew who they were and Freddie and have heard some of their songs but never, like, thought about listening to them. But, Once hear them over and over and over, kind of realize that it's there's something there for me. So Queen is the the main one that came out of that, and
1: Bohemian Rhapsody, and Don't Stop Me Now, yeah, Yeah, Don't Stop is a fave of yours too. Yeah, yeah. What you know, what's interesting is we've gone to we saw Bohemian Rhapsody the the film together Mm -hmm. in theaters, and that was a lot of fun. Yep, to to see that. Although there were some elements of that film that were kind of didn't work in my opinion, but overall it was a really good movie. I thought. Yeah, me too. Yeah, what do you think it is about Queen or Freddie Mercury that was so like stood out amongst all the other music during that time? Hmm.
2: Well, Freddie's just—I mean, he's—he might be the best like performer of all time. Yeah, I think he's just—he's incredible. And then just like take Bohemian Rhapsody for example, it has like every type of music in one song mm-hmm. every style and to pull it off so well in a single song it's just amazing
1: and to do that and insist on it being a single when singles were not that long like a six minute song like mm-hmm. that and then just insisting on keeping it that way is just in- interesting that, to make that a a, a, yeah. a single it's not good advice, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting too, is like you brought up how good of a performer he is. And I, I would recommend to anybody to watch the live aid performance at Wembley. Everybody typically talks about you too, how good of a performance they had. But I always thought that queen and and Freddie were even better. And you can see it with how the crowd Mm -hmm. responds to everything that freddie does it's remarkable yeah he's, he's got him in the palm of his hand the yeah. entire time it's just amazing to watch that performance and whenever i watched it it was still like whoa yeah one thing too we did karaoke of it one time you remember that yeah we did bohemian rhapsody and that was a lot of fun
2: yeah <laughs> probably one of one of two times i heard done karaoke <laughs> when
1: was the first song
2: I, I don't even i don't do it <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> but that was yeah that was i would do um don't stop Me now also that'd be another yeah karaoke song i would do
1: right some of those notes are hard yeah to get though it's a good thing that we and i think it was your friend brandon mm-hmm. right the three of us did it yeah so it helped that the three of us were trying to do it Cause there were times Not when so. I like, because of those notes I couldn't hit after I, cause I was winded from the previous note. Yeah. So was there any other music I, from your time there that you still remember that you enjoy besides queen?
2: Mm-hmm. There's so much. So like when you're opening or closing the store, it's just you and yeah. maybe somebody else. So you can basically play whatever you want and, and, i was i remember we would uh me and this one kid specifically we would always play um drake the if you're reading this it's too late yeah we'd play that album and just like memorize every song (laughs) so that and then also there was a lot of guys there that because everybody's like college age so there's a lot of we all kind of think the same like the same stuff sure so like kanye was another one like pablo yeah that time frame of kanye those are some other ones that kind of stick out Mm -hmm.
1: so you you meet your wife brooke and and that that kind of because of that it expands even more to other music because of what she's listening to so like ed sheeran lord there's some country in there as well yeah Uh, like for you It's something, though, that even though that's what she's listening to, you enjoy it, too, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We actually met at Jimmy John's. A lot of good came out of Jimmy
1: John's.
2: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so, like, I mean, she, like, she grew up listening to country, and I never really had any previous country experience, really.
1: Wasn't Um, coming from me. Yeah,
2: definitely not. But, uh. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, she would play stuff, and I'm not gonna like tell her to turn it off or whatever. So you just kind of pick up on certain songs or groups that you like, and then kind of just only play that stuff when you're around or when we're together. It's like Lord had there's a couple Lord songs that anytime they come on, her phone will play on and sing them together. Thanks. Nice. And then same with Ed Sheeran.
1: What uh, Lord songs would it be like? Green Light.
2: Green Light and uh was it Supercut?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Castle on the Hill. Yeah. Right? That's
2: that's our like anthem blasted on the radio song. Mm-hmm. We sing together. Yeah. Why that song? It's just like this there's like a story behind it and it's easy to like sing along to and I think it's one of the earlier songs that we played uh when we were dating. Going out to her mom's house down 30 towards Columbia City, driving down the road and blasting that song. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. It's a great road trip like, yeah. type of song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I remember intentionally playing that when I was in Ireland oh, yeah. driving.
2: It's so, going to have to. Yeah. And
1: then there's <laughs> a literal castle yeah. on a hill while sure. well, I'm trying to like not hit people because of how narrow the roads are. <laughs> So what uh what about country like what what artists are um you know are you and brooke listening to
2: so we've seen um florida Line and tim McGraw in concert at the um indie i don't even know what it's called now it's Dude, called it
1: changes so it changes like every other year
2: i just call it clips because that's what it is to me yeah so we, we've seen them there yeah and uh there's some other like lesser known country artists that she likes that we've gone and seen yeah
1: yeah so your dad you've got a a Mm three-year-old now what's what kind of music is uh is uh, charlie listening to what what kind of music are you you know you're opening up to her i mean
2: other than just the kids cartoons and nursery rhymes not a whole lot like i'm not playing stuff that i listen to and trying to like get her to like it but...
1: no no childish can be <laughs> no <definitely
2: not. laughs> no
1: i wasn't expecting that but it just
2: yeah maybe a couple years
1: yeah. yeah it's gonna I be
2: to, like I, I pick her up from daycare every day and i try to um well i mostly also to podcasts now so i usually turn those off when i pick her up and just try to talk
1: to her yeah i feel yeah. like for me if I ever have a child it's gonna be very difficult to <laughs> who controls the the dial mm-hmm. why do you think you only listen to podcasts now?
2: that coworker when I started my first job out of college he told me that there would be a point of time would come where I'd be done exploring new music and listening to new stuff and I I was like 23 at the time. I didn't really believe him or I didn't think that would be true. And then a couple of years later, I kind of like realized, I was like, he was 100% right. Like, <laughs> I have no interest of like listening to anything new or trying to find new stuff. And everything that I found until then was basically what I was going to listen to for yep. the rest of my life. And I think, I don't know. That's kind of why, like, now I just listen to podcasts mostly in the car. If I do listen to music, it's Kid Cudi, Josh Cambino, Drake, something like that. Yeah. Just the new stuff's just not it, <laughs> at least for me.
1: Yeah. Well, what's interesting is research shows that's pretty typical for most people, people. by the time they're 25 already established what they're going to be listening to so i guess like for me it's like why do you think that is the case for so many people where by the time they get to their mid 20s why is it difficult to find new meaningful music
2: man i don't know i guess you just for me i guess life just kind of takes over you don't really have time or want to invest in something new you already know what you like so you just hold on to what you've already found.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Like, that, yeah, I think that definitely plays a role into. It. I mean, I just I think of how much more time I had to listen to music when I was in college than now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's we're talking about hours to minutes now. It's a lot different. So, yeah. What is it about music that makes us? Listen to it. Why do we as humans enjoy music? Mm.
2: So I think, at least for me, it's it's like the closest thing we have to like a time machine. Yeah. So it like you hear a song, you obviously like it, or you just to listen to it. it. It can take you back into that specific moment, that place you were at, the how you were feeling at that certain time. So it, it just has a way of like bringing up, I don't know how you feeling, yeah, yeah. Your emotions can make you feel a certain way at a certain time.
1: The the time machine, you know, analogy I think is, is spot on. Definitely can take you right back to that moment. Mm-hmm. Like if you were reminded of something, yeah. So for good and for bad, I guess <laughs> in, in some ways, yeah, right? right depending be. on the situation. Right. So. Well, Thanks, Aaron, for doing this.
2: Yeah. Thanks for asking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Love you, man. Love you,
0: Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichty. Each person interviewed has created a playlist of the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm. Click on Soundtrack Playlist and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at soundtrackpodcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.